Okay, we are live. Beginning a little late, but there's just too much information to not parse through it right now. We'll have a glut tomorrow otherwise. An info glut. In already flooded environment, there's just so much going on right now on so many fronts. And right now we're doing more of a pre-PSYOP analysis. We're analyzing a PSYOP in progress, uh, specifically the Taylor swift psyop and despite what the dod says despite these pentagon memos it is in fact a psyop and it hasn't reached its its crescendo there's going to be something i believe connected to the super bowl and you can all judge for yourself based on the information we provide in fact interestingly there's a youtuber i follow his name is jacob israel and i follow his twitter account he kind of does what we do Although he has a more biblical stance, which is, to me, it's kind of a... There's an error in the framework, but whatever. The research is always top-notch, and I, I follow a lot of channels that um, dive into what I call Metascript, looking for patterns and finding them. And it's not that it's, cog that it's cognitive bias or looking or cherry-picking, but it's that once you understand the narratives, and he picks up on a lot of the biblical scripting, which is there. Um, I focus on a lot of the science fiction and Netflix stuff. But anyway, Newsweek says, In a post on X, formerly Twitter, user Jacob Israel 71 noted Taylor Swift's necklace and the coincidence of the number 13 writing, Taylor Swift wins best pop vocal album, reminds everyone it's her 13th Grammy. The Super Bowl appearance will be her 13th. 13 is her favorite number. And her necklace on the red carpet mirrored the doomsday clock one minute to midnight. So it's just an obscure Twitter account talking about what we talk about all the time, getting picked up by Newsweek. And this is the second instance of, well, recent instance of predictive programming being noted by the media. Uh, previously, it was leave the world behind with a mock people who notice these patterns. But it doesn't work anymore because now they're more. Um, describing it, but they don't attribute it to anything other than, you know, Easter eggs that she's planting there for the most part. Some will see it as luck or coincidence, but it's neither of these things, nor is it synchronicity. It is scripting. It's a story. And we're analyzing the story as it unfolds. We're joined by Diana South, the HBIC, Pete Trippa, Elephant Tusks, Knight Riders, Invelis, Into the Beyond, Joe Fior, Oswaldo. Speaking of Oswaldo, um, Oswald, we have a Lee Harvey Oswald connection to the upcoming event, and this is big. Ever since the 4th of July, or 4 of 7, shooting at the Highland Park, the 4th of July parade, where the shooter had a 47 tattooed on his head, this guy was obsessed with Lee Harvey Oswald. We're talking about Robert Cremo. And he goes to Trump rallies. So, like, wait a minute here. A guy obsessed with Oswald goes to Trump rallies, and then he snipes a 4th of July parade, and he's obsessed with the number 47, which is associated with this Hitman game, but specifically, Donald Trump, Oswald, 
rallies, 47. You can kind of put it together, and now he has the number 47 on the side of his head, you know, with the hats, just like the shooter. So I've been saying, this has got to be connected to, I believe, the symbolism inherent in the Blackout Bowl, Super Bowl 47. So we've been talking about this for some time, and we're kind of going deeper into this, but my point is, uh, the Lee Harvey Oswald was foreshadowed at that event, and weirdly enough, the quarterback of the 49ers has been compared to Lee Harvey Oswald. So, in other words, and this is just getting weird, because he was asked about it in an interview. A fact check, is Brock Purdy related to Lee Harvey Oswald? Viral rumors debunked. The big lead, Brock Purdy looks remarkably like Lee Harvey Oswald. Brock Purdy reacts to people noting a physical resemblance between him and Lee Harvey Oswald. Purdy isn't feeling the comparison. So he doesn't think, he's not in on the joke. Or maybe he is. But... I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he doesn't look like Ted Bundy. You know, hey, you look like that serial rapist serial killer. You know who we're talking about? I mean, this is pretty bad in itself. Physical comparison. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Uh, he doesn't feel it. He's not seeing it. But this is very interesting. In fact, there was a, a sniper situation today that was in the news. There's been some additional instances of foreshadowing. Somebody close to Trump getting shot. But for the quarterback... Now, this is intriguing for a few reasons. Uh, the quarterback at the Blackout Bowl, Super Bowl 47, was Colin Kaepernick. And if anybody would like Lee Harvey Oswald on the world stage today, it would be Kaepernick. Because it's pretty much Trump's fault that he's been you know, blackballed from the league. At least that's the prevailing narrative. And you can kind of follow the script there. But it's all very much building up to right now. So the fact that the quarterback is being connected with that, there's something going on here, as we'll continue to unpack. In, okay, let's see... Dua Simpara, thanks for joining. Uh, Elephant Tusk says, Tim, I find it interesting that Usher is performing at the halftime show. Yeah, I I saw someone suggesting that Rihanna being pregnant last year was sim- symbolic of the Antichrist. And then he's going to usher in, you know, the birth or something. Like, I can see people arriving at that, the name Usher. I looked at his album cover. That He has a new album that's coming out. And it has a crucifix next to a peach, a very provocative-looking peach. Like, think peach emoji. And I'm like, wait a minute, a cross and a peach looking very Orifice-like. So there's some kind of the same fertility rite symbolism, great rite, witchcraft stuff, and that's what it is. It's sex magic. And they always associate it with the Super Bowl. Uh, Last year, Rihanna in red, the dancers in white. It's not hard to unpack the symbolism if you understand the Gnostic Catholic Mass. And that's the true religion of the power elite. They're not Satanists. You could more accurately describe them as Thelemites or... Um, maybe even theosophy, it's kind of the same thing after a point. But it's all about this new order. Jungle Jim says, amazing penguin raft art lately. Oh yeah, we're improving the art. We're trying to improve all the visuals and audio and 24-7. And I've been using Bing for my image. Uh, Bing.com slash images. And you just tell them what you want and it cranks it out. Lord Laney says, cyclical psyops with their archetypal characters keep us trapped in their 12-month shit show calendar. Yeah, well put. I agree with you. 
it's all about the cycles, the control. And, you know, I've been looking at the symbolism of the, the cross, the symbol of Saturn, and the Grim Reaper, Father Time, the sickle, and the phonetic proximity of sickle and cycle, and how the Grim Reaper is really about the end of the cycle, and the sickle is the instrument of the harvest, which then starts the whole thing again. But you'll notice most of the symbolism that we see is pertaining to their control over time and space, the cycles of time and our concept of the world, and it's pretty much Saturn, the cube, which seems to be symbolically representative of a prison for consciousness or a temporary uh, dive into a swamp, whatever it is. But they rule this place and they worship this realm itself uh, through this synchronization of our life below with the astro-theological cycles above. Okay, continuing. Peace Circle 360 says, The game is on 211, and Tay is scheduled to play in the 49ers Levi Stadium on the 211th day of the year, which is July 29th. Inter it's assuming she makes it that far. I mean, there are indications that she's going to go the direction of her cousin, Amelia Earhart. There are other indications, which we'll get into. And let's see. And, you know, about this calendar thing, interestingly enough, um, I, you know, like playing cards, four suits, four seasons, it's the same symbols as the tarot. You add up all the numbers on all the cards, you get 365. Uh, even the roulette, I think you add up the numbers, it's, it's 666. Like, everything about this realm does tie into this. And I say the word realm because I don't know what, what you want to say to describe it. Psygirl says, do we still think that a MAGA Q guy sliced off his father's head? Um, nobody thinks it was real, except for the people who believe the media. And actually, most people believe it, but even the MAGAs believe it. But they'll just say, it's not one of ours. And it's like, really? Isn't that what you're all calling for? This French Revolution-style response they want to gin up? And, you know, anybody who's been calling for that kind of revolution, well, now you have somebody that they can point to and they say, hey, look, look where your rhetoric leads. And they'll say he's mentally ill. In fact, I happen to think he was created to perhaps smear anybody who is critical of the open borders. And that's kind of what they do with this thing. And moreover, there's some bill that has to do with regulating militias, some kind of, what's the new militia bill called? I was just looking at it, and there's a, the timing of it. Oh yeah, Preventing Paramilitary Activity Act. That's just in time. You know, it's like, well, how do we get this bill to get kind of support? Let's go ahead and just get one of our actors out here and have them do some little performance piece. It's the only reason why YouTube left it up there for four hours. Dewis Impera says, sometimes I wonder if I'm pagan at heart, whatever that means these days. Well, I, I've made it a point to study the pagan calendar and, and how it, I, I've been following because it corresponds to what we see in the mass media. And the Super Bowl generally corresponds to Candlemas. I mean, this is part of the pagan calendar. And is it bad? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to label things as just intrinsically bad. The fact of it is, we know that the power elite rely upon a knowledge disparity. They know what's going on, and we just be we believe we know. And we have all these competing belief systems, but none of them know, but they do. 
and they're synchronized. Like J.P. Morgan said, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. Well then, do we want to do what the billionaires are doing, or the ones who are in the know? Do we at least want to understand it? And that's my attitude when I look at it. I don't just dismiss it as superstition, because superstition isn't always what people think. In my opinion, the belief in the atomic bomb is a superstition. The bowl cut shooter, superstition. The internet radical shooting up a supermarket because of something Tucker Carlson said. Yeah, these are all things they use to terrorize the people in the village. But the stuff they tell us that's superstition, the paranormal, the soul, astrology, there seems to be something to that. And there's a reason why they gatekeep a lot of the information that has been traditionally gatekept. If you look at the structures of secret societies, the mysteries. All right, continuing. Dewis and Paris says, religions seem to demonize paganism. Maybe they're keeping it for themselves. Yeah, they gatekeep, in my opinion. And my objective perspective on Christianity or the rights of Catholicism are informed by my study of the Gnostic Catholic Mass and Thelema and witchcraft and how it's all the same. It's based on the sun. And it just seems to me that uh, Christianity, for the most part, is pagan, but it's just been stripped of most of the trappings to kind of disguise it. It's occulted. Okay, let's continue. So is Brock looking anything like Lee Harvey Oswald? You know what? It didn't even cross my mind. And I'm always looking to see whenever they introduce these characters, you know, who are they stylizing this person off of? Now, he's got the 13s on his shoulders. But Lee Harvey Oswald would not have crossed my mind, so why did they introduce that name into the script right now? We'll continue along those lines. Knight Rider says, great show as always. Appreciate it. Watching over there on the other YouTube. Now, check this out. According to Priceline data given to CNN, Round-trip flights between Kansas City and Las Vegas, $666. Just a coincidence. Moving forward, we have... Uh, we talked about this already. Taylor Swift breaking America Pie's 50-year record for the longest number one hit. She had a 10-minute long song. There's just a few things in here that people are pointing at that might be hints about this unfolding drama. In fact, there was one in particular that had to do with I found it here, a movie called Oblivion and there's something else. Oh yeah, here's a connection. Mandalay Bay shooting had 58 people killed. Now I think it's 59 if you count the shooter himself, but 58. And this is the shooting that's adjacent to where the Super Bowl is taking place. Then we have Taylor Swift wearing the clock around her neck, and Kevin Mooring pointed this out. He said, Titanic news actor poisoned with PCP on a set just a few days ago. But anyway, is Taylor and Travis going down with the ship? There's the famous necklace from the Titanic, and then you have Taylor's famous necklace. So they're making a comparison between the clock necklace and that jewel from the Titanic. Okay, continuing. Now, we have uh, something else from the movie Leave the World Behind, where a character looks at the screen, and it has a Taylor Swift-looking woman in a blue bikini, 
and he says, Taylor dropped a pin. And this is right before the White Lion oil tanker crashes into the beach. So what does that mean? What does that mean? And so um, 17 Ways from Sunday says, there was a conspicuous line in Leave the World Behind where the sun says something like, now we'll never know what happened to Taylor, a twice or so mentioned name in the film, who's basically only in a photograph. So in other words, at the beginning of the film, before the boat hits, before you find out all the planes were falling out of the sky, and remember, Taylor Swift's flying from Japan to the Super Bowl 13-hour flight. She's been compared to Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart's been compared to Taylor Swift. So they've made these comparisons. She's on the plane, and so I'm like, wait a minute, could there be some kind of situation they're setting up with Taylor Swift going down? So here you have Taylor dropped a pin, looking like Taylor Swift, in Leave the World Behind, a movie with planes falling. And later in the movie, we'll never know what happened to Taylor. little ominous. An article from yesterday saying Taylor Swift's outfit at the Grammys was inspired by Princess Kate Middleton. More Princess connections here. It says here, Kate Middleton caused fanfare when she arrived in an upcycled white Alexander McQueen gown. It was quintessentially opulent for a future queen inspired by Swift's rousing reinterpretation. So are the Swifties ready to get regal? Now, these are just more connections between Swift and royalty. The only significance here is Princess Di and, you know, famously dying. In fact, someone's made a connection between this recent right-wing talking point about DIE, about DIE hires making flying unsafe. Uh, Kevin Mooring says, seems to be that a plane might fall all the script that has been coming out about unsafe airplanes. And again, the talking point has been DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. That DEI hires are making it dangerous to fly. These are people who are hired, presumably not on merit, but because they checked a box on a quota, which probably isn't even truly how it operates. I don't think they changed the standards for the tests to be a pilot. But regardless, this has been a talking point. And the movie, Leave the World Behind, was all about planes falling. All these Donnie Darko connections. So the plane falling theme could still apply here. Will a DEI hire fly the plane on the 13-hour flight, where Princess Tay-Tay goes from Japan to the Super Bowl, and will she go down like Amelia Earhart, dying tragically like Princess Diana? And interestingly, a lot of the critics of DEI have been calling it Die. D-I-E. Disclosed TV just in, FAA increases presence at Boeing facilities. The current safety system is not working, says U.S. Aviation Regular Head. So Mike Sperza here says, maybe we should hire based on merit again. So you can see this talking point in place. And then you have this. Speaking of die, uh, thanks Cubstar for posting it from Leave the World Behind. They have this scene on this where they show where the emergency broadcast is and you have all these graphics on the screen but when you turn it upside down it says die 666 which again is a nice pleasant message from the obamas and if you really want to decode these movies you do have to look upside down reverse and even consider the the music and the lyrics for every single track 
Now, this was an interesting little clip from the movie. It has deeper connections, I'm sure. We've, we've noticed a number of references between Taylor Swift moves the needle. Taylor Swift moves the needle more than Beyonce, according to Shannon Sharp. So I'm like, moves the needle? What does that mean? And then you have her boyfriend, a Pfizer spokesperson, who moved the needle. And then Taylor drops a pin. So these are just consistent little phrases. Moving the needle, dropping the pin. And on this die 666, you do have needles on the screen on these meters moving around. And again, I don't think we're reaching because the movie Leave the World Behind had double meanings, triple meanings, and layers encoded into every single scene. So two references to a tailor, implying that a tailor disappeared underwater or by a plane, perhaps. Uh, there's too much there for it to be a coincidence. And speaking of not coincidences, the other day Carl Weathers died. He played Apollo Creed. And some have connected it to Trump because Apollo, AC, Antichrist. But interestingly, um, he's also got some Star Wars connections with Millennial Falcon and the Super Bowl's happening at the Death Star. So there's something about that. Again, the Super Bowl, they're calling it the Death Star. Again, here's the article from the big lead. Josh Chavez says, Holy S, been trying to figure out who Brock Purdy looks like for the last two years, and it's Lee Harvey Oswald. Does anybody here see this? I really don't. It's almost like they forced it. Like, did they try to find a quarterback that looked like Lee Harvey Oswald? And and here's one of the connections. We're talking about the number 47 and how it corresponds to the presidential race, but Super Bowl 47 is the one that went into a blackout for 33 minutes. So the blackout bowl, 49ers were there. Kaepernick was the quarterback. And later he became associated with BLM. The kneeling, which then was adopted by Derek Chauvin. And then BLM picked it up all over again. Um, so we're looking at this story trajectory. But there's a connection between the blackout bowl and the upcoming Super Bowl. The blackout bowl had Beyonce performing. And this one, the whole talk is about Taylor Swift. And if you remember, Beyonce and Swift had this drama where Kanye West gets up on the stage and takes the Grammy from one and says, it belongs to Beyonce. Then Jay-Z did this just the other night. And if you look at the two of them in tandem, there's a number of situations where they're obviously represented as a dialectic or as a pair. So for example, Beyonce gets her 33rd Grammy, Swift gets one as she's 33. And this late, this latest one, Swift gets her... 13th Grammy, and Beyonce is said to have been snubbed. So there's this back and forth. And now we have these Super Bowls coming up, or the next Super Bowl coming up, and it creates this pair. So what does this pairing mean? Uh, not quite sure yet, but what is a corresponding event to a blackout bowl? Then we have references, again, Taylor Swift wearing the Doomsday Clock, one minute to midnight. She says she's releasing this album. You look on the inside notes on the album, it's like Tortured Poets Department, and it says... Something about TikTok, a love bomb. So TikTok, bomb, and then pitch black. There's more. Here is the Sphere Vegas Twitter account saying, Sunday is going to be fire emoji. The big sphere. So what's that mean? Well, if you remember, the sphere is the place where U2 performed Atomic City, about which basically has Vegas getting nuked. So there's that. 
And speaking of Kansas City uh, I, uh, and Chiefs, I picked up there's a there's a storyline that also I, I think is an example of concurrent programming worth pointing out that child who had his face painted up who wore the headdress at a Kansas City Chiefs game uh, that had a corresponding scene in Leave the World Behind. So it's like Leave the World Behind has a scene where you see a kid doing the tomahawk chop on a screen. I've been trying to find that clip. But after the movie comes out, you have this real-life situation where there's a big controversy about it. And so there's this 49ers, gold mine, and the gold rush, and, of course, the Chiefs. There's something here. There's something uh, deeper in the scripting that's referenced and leave the world behind. And I think it must tie in to this general critique of the West you know, like 1619 Project, CRT, 1619 versus 1776, America's Reckoning. There's a deeper story that's being told here. And that's why it's fascinating here to see that you have this Lee Harvey Oswald character moving into the screen, onto the stage. Okay, here we go. Oblivion, the last Super Bowl scene. The last Super Bowl. So here you have Tom Cruise wearing a 49 on his jacket. Okay, so he's got 49 and like an arrowhead symbol, like a Chiefs logo. And he's down on the ground, checking out the, in fact, I think he even has an Elvis bobblehead on his spaceship here. But he goes down and he sees where the last Super Bowl happened. You see like a melted goalpost. You know, I read about this game. Was played right here. Now this is from 2013 Oblivion, the same year as the Blackout Bowl. Now he's just there reminiscing about the last game. He's got the 49, the Arrowhead, again Allegiant Stadium, Death Star. And let's see what else. The movie Oblivion has a space station that gets destroyed. Now that's interesting. That's something we've been waiting for and it certainly um, is timely if they're going to update the software and the special effects. They got to get rid of that jalopy. All right, let me catch up on some comments. See if I've missed anything. Elephant Tusk says all Abrahamic religions are satanic. That might be a. See, the thing is, the word satanic is almost meaningless in this context. In fact, Abraham is like Saturn. If you actually look at it, you look at the symbolism of Abraham holding the knife above his child, and then look at the symbols of Saturn holding the scythe above a child, or Kronos eating his child. It's symbolic of the father time devouring the months. There's various ways they represent it, but yeah, Abraham's a Saturnian character. But to say satanic doesn't really mean anything. Like, I wouldn't say the elite are satanic. Again, if anything, they're uh, pantheistic or poly... or animists... Maybe they lean towards panpsychism. I mean, they have some kind of cult belief system. And it's it's definitely based on, of course, controlling the underlings. Mass hypnosis, mind control. Psygirl says, maybe they're getting ready to stage an assassination of Trump. Well, this has been the talk. I mean, look, even Laura Loomer was unpacking predictive programming in an issue of The Atlantic, which is owned by George Soros's son, Alex Soros. So they already have it out there that, look, there's a hit out on Trump, and Soros did it. And so I want to point out that when they do it, 
and it's not an if because it's predicted in so much of the predictive programming going back decades. We've been prepared for this because they write our history in advance. It's not a surprise. It's not a recent plan. When it happens, when he fulfills this lifetime role and gets this, and it, he's not, I don't think it even it succeeds. It's like Reagan. But when it goes down, remember it was fake. There's no evidence. In fact, you can't consider what you see on the screen evidence. So unless you're there, um, we're going to have to go with fake until proven real. Okay, continuing. Chris Well predicts, says Tyrone McClowski, Kals dead in the car wreck, Tay-Tay sings at the funeral. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I think there's quite a lot here, though. The 13s are just way too conspicuous. There's way too much of that. And it'll be a 13th game, 13-hour flight. The Japan thing is also an ominous connection to Amelia Earhart. Um, you know, I I can't say for sure, but then also you have the, the MAGA outrage against her being fomented by people like Jack Postebeck, who are trying to point out that she's traitor Swift because she was their Aryan princess and now she's going to endorse Biden. And there have been some pretty hardcore MAGA types saying that they're going to, quote, punish the bee if she endorses Biden. Um, they could both go. But I, I think the airplane narrative is pretty strong. And then it's tied into leave the world behind. She drops a pin. Now we'll never know what happens to her. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. And then what's with, with the Lee Harvey Oswald? Because at first I was thinking, hmm, are they going to snipe her? It doesn't make sense. Like, they can't hate her that much. But maybe there could be a separate tragedy. But we know they're going to get Trump. And there's already been foreshadowing with the 47 thing and the recent thing now, the quarterback being uh, described as a Lee Harvey Oswald lookalike, and he doesn't look like him, so they're forcing this meme out there. Mazel says, is she on a private plane? I don't know, but you know if it goes down, they're going to say it's a DEI hire. She'll be another princess, die. Like, it's a world stage name. It's a goddess sacrifice thing. And here's another connection we should point out. Uh, Diana is the Roman equivalent of Greek Artemis. The Artemis rocket was cracked, and they had to keep delaying the Artemis launch, if you recall, from uh, 2022. It's like, okay, Artemis is cracked. Archer, arrow, 13th pillar is the one that Diana cracks. So the pillar, the arrow, you see the symbolism there was kind of suggesting the symbol of the broken arrow. And the broken arrow, a broken arrow incident is something involving a nuclear weapon that's been lost, it's not tracked, or some kind of an accident in the hands of a terrorist, etc. And there have been 32 broken arrow events. And so we're waiting for the 33rd broken arrow. And here you have Kansas City Chiefs, Arrowhead, and you now you have your Artemis representative in Princess Tay-Tay slash Taylor Swift. And then, of course, we just we just mentioned this thing with Oblivion and the stadium getting nuked. And along those lines, you know, there's quite a lot like Atomic City, U2, at the Sphere. You have Fallout New Vegas. There's still quite a lot suggesting that Vegas might even get their own little mushroom cloud. So there's so much going on here. Not sure which is going to happen first. Okay, continuing. Peace Circle 360 says, Toby Keith discovered Tay-Tay died yesterday from stomach cancer. Yes, they died in quotes. Anybody that's that prominent on the world stage, I tend to just question it.
terrible if true. I mean, it's nice to think that nobody dies, but you know, we all know people do die. And I'm not here to say that people don't. When it, it's just to me, it's the question is, if it's conspicuously timed, or if it has any kind of enigma, or if it's attached to a bigger script, or it's predicted, that's when I tend to look at it. Extraordinary circumstances. Dewis and Paris says, who the hell's watching a movie upside down to see the die 666? You know what? Um, we've been kind of looking at some old Crowley stuff, magic and theory and practice, and he's like, let the aspirant learn to read forward and back and speak backward. And I'm like, wait, that's their, that's their um, M.O. You wouldn't think to play records backwards or to flip your TV, but uh, I, I assume on some level, the subconscious mind is processing it in all these different ways. I mean, one of the best examples of this, I watched this movie called, or this and this Netflix series called 3%. And 3% has this logo where if you tilt your head 90 degrees to the right, it completely gives you a different picture. It goes from 3% to the Twin Towers. From above, bird's eye view, and from the, from the street view. So you have a 9-11 connection here, and then of course the 3 has the 11 built into it. It has a lot of 9-11 code attached to the 311. We see the same thing with Westworld. A lot of these things, you turn them 90 degrees and you just you, you find stuff that is just there, hidden in plain sight. But I don't have time to watch movies upside down, and I'm glad that we have people that do and they can come share the information. It's one of the reasons why, the main reason we need a think tank, is that we're looking at a puzzle with millions of pieces and one person could not possibly have the perspective to connect it all so we appreciate whoever was uh, the first one to spot that ready or not says the song back for the win by Joey badass came out in 2022 okay Joey badass is the one who released the song revenge which has a blackout theme a guy sets off a blackout and it's the song that leave the world behind opens up to Okay, continuing. Lean Dion says, plane related stories for months now. Don't travel, don't look up. Oh yeah, doors popping off. And then you have poorly behaved customers has been a thing. Now it's the DEI thing where you have every right winger is like, I would not get on a plane unless it's a white pilot. Even Candace Owens. If it's a female pilot, I won't get on the plane. Like, what do they think? I mean, they're just given talking points, to be honest. But they've been hyping up this threat. Or this, 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 um... In fact, I've heard another repeat. After 9-11, I heard from Alex Jones. He's like, they're going to import immigrants to do TSA because they won't have any problem oppressing real Americans. I heard this today, that oh, TSA is only going to hire military-age men because they won't have any empathy for Americans. I'm hearing recycled post-9-11 propaganda. They've just replaced the bad guy. Instead of Islamic terrorists, now they're Chinese. It's like, how did that happen? Or they're... they're Military age, military age men is like the scariest thing in the world now to the right wing. Military age men with traditional values, isn't that what you want to be? Isn't that what MAGA stan is meant to be? The MAGA ban is trying to create the American Taliban here. You're importing people with those values. You should be embracing that. All right, joined by Rome. Thank you for joining. Tomanoi 3 says... Plane Movies 2, Lift on Netflix, Masters of the Air, WW2, Hank Spielberg. 
You know what they did before 9-11 is they inundated us with plane movies. Even they had a Pearl Harbor movie. And then 9-11 was said, oh, this is this generation's Pearl Harbor. Oh, so what they did was they prepared you for the storyline of planes crashing, running off to war, patriotism, and all that. And all these bad movies have the same director. I'm talking about the PSYOPs. Whoever directed Pearl Harbor, same department, directed 9-11. But the planes falling was a huge part of Donnie Darko, which came out on 119, the same date that the space station movie came out, a reverse 9-11. And Donnie Darko's advertising material had a bunch of 9-11-like stuff, like plane parts falling. So they had to change their marketing campaign that might have even prevented it from blowing up at the time and it became a cult classic later. But interestingly, Donnie Darko is a huge kind of part of Leave the World Behind. They kind of put these movies together. But the main theme is, you know, planes falling. And interestingly, the director of Donnie Darko is the son of some guy that worked for NASA on the Viking rover Mars missions. So the son of a guy who makes movies for NASA makes propaganda films for Hollywood that are predictive for not only 9-11, but COVID-19, Donald Trump, Pizzagate, it's all in there. In fact, Donnie Darko is Donnie uh, is Donald Trump, if you really look at the, the subtext there. In fact, it goes so deep, there's even references to Biden's run for the presidency in 88. I mean, they're overlapping, but you'll find, because you know, there's so much of the these movies that just to me, they tell us one thing. Nothing about Trump is organic. If you still think Trump is a leader, you're on the world stage and you're delusional, which is the norm. So I'm not saying it's it's bad. I mean, I mean, it, it's to me, it, it just means you're on the wrong side of the screen and you haven't taken that leap yet. You're still clinging on to hope that there's a rogue out there who's fighting the system. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. Uh, no. He's got too many markings of being not only metascripted, and these aren't synchronicities, these aren't coincidences, but they're actually imposing this type of Christ typology over his story. I mean, he chopped up his suit that he wore when he was getting arrested and had it auctioned to be like Jesus, who had his garments ripped up and gambled off by the Roman soldiers. I mean, they're constantly overlaying Christ with Trump. And that's just scratching the surface, you know, as most of you have been following this thing. So the idea that he's organic, we can go ahead and get rid of that. We've auto-hoaxed Donald Trump. Uh, he has not been uh, demonstrated in a convincing way to be an authentic human being. He's a person playing a role. Side note. Okay, let's continue. Going through some comments. Oh, good point, Anx G. There's some guy tracking Swift's plane, her private jet. And he's being uh, threatened by her attorneys. So one, if you remember just a little while ago, uh, some explicit images of her were created and distributed throughout X. So they've already done that, which may have some application later for censorship and all this, but for some reason that was leaked. And then this, jet tracking account that gave Taylor Swift's stalkers a roadmap to carry out their plans were hit with a cease and desist. Taylor Swift thinks jet tracker Jack Sweeney knows her all too well and threatens legal action. Taylor Swift demands Jack Sweeney stop tracking her jet. So his name is Jack Sweeney. Not sure what to make of it, 
but he just got a cease and desist. So it's another airplane thing. Another reference to the airplane, more threats. I mean, look, Taylor Swift threatens legal action. There must be something to this. And she's looking very Amelia Earhart there as well. Probably not a coincidence. All right, moving on here. We were talking about Oblivion. Again, mainstream news, people.com. How Taylor Swift's lucky number 13 connects to Travis Kelce's Super Bowl appearance. Like This is mainstream news. All right, let's see. Uh, in Trump news, by the way, citizen Trump does not get any sweeping immunity. In other words, if you're the president, you can't be convicted of anything even if you cause inadvertently some kind of a attempted insurrection. But since he's not the president anymore, he's not immune, even though he's kind of claiming that he is. At least that's where it stands now, but they're probably going to appeal it. All right. Continuing. Watching your comments, uh, making sure I don't miss anything. We've been getting a lot of great leads here. The unmediated mind said, Tim, did you see the two embedded auxiliary audio tracks in Leave the World Behind? No, I didn't. I'd like to know more. I mean, just the first song that I saw, Revenge, to me, that's Obama's Revenge. And look, when I first looked into Leave the World Behind, I was like, what's the movie with Obama and the blackout? Obama produced it, you know, his higher ground productions. And when I did a search, I came across a National Geographic film from 2013 called American Blackout. And Obama has a cameo as then President Obama. And he says, obey. Obey the media. We're having an emergency. That's why you had the Obey shirts in the movie. You know, Obey NASA. And of course, the designer of the Obey shirt is the designer of the Obama Hope poster. But the revenge video had the character uh, Joey Badass detonating something, and then there's a blackout, and he's standing between these two, um, uh, these two poles. You know, the um, electricity, the transformers are blowing up, but they look like crucifixes. Like he's standing between two crosses, and then the lights go out. Allison Chain says, Tim is a former death care professional. What, who were in open casket funerals? Um, what do you mean by that? Most people do open casket unless there's a reason they can't. But most places, most states, I think it's just a general thing with public health, you can't have public viewings unless they've gone through the embalming process. But you can have small private viewings. Now, I often talk about my experience as a death care professional for two reasons. One, when I see somebody fake crying on TV, I can usually tell. And then two, when I see a bunch of rubber dolls lined up on the road with mouths closed, eyes closed, I can say, hey, those are rubber dolls. Because if those were really babies killed by bombs, well, bombs would blow up a baby. It wouldn't look like it's sleeping. And moreover eyes and mouths open on corpses. You know, even that uh, what was it, Justin Moan, the MAGA chopping off his dad's head, um, why was the head's, you know, the severed head was there, it was wrapped in plastic, sure, but why was the mouth closed? And the eyes, I can understand the eyes maybe, but they should have been slightly open, but the mouth, the jaw, uh, you have to wire or sew mouths closed, the jaws closed, and then you probably glue the, the lips shut. My point is, it's very helpful in looking at the fake stuff. 
This is where it's at. It says Joe Buck's prediction about the Super Bowl is interesting. Does it involve nukes or snipers or other kinds of uh, blackouts? I mean, people are just betting on who's going to win. It's like that's the least interesting prediction about the Super Bowl. I want to know what kind of psyop are they going to hit us with? What is going to be the blackout ball moment? Is this going to be, is it going to be a literal blackout? Are they going to repeat that, or is it going to be something else? Okay, continuing. Uh, Elephant Tusk says Trump will get rid of the deep state and bring in their savior, NWO. I've heard this, that the story is Trump's going to get rid of the fake bad guys, but. It's just a way of selling the public on the idea that they've saved us from something, which makes sense. I mean, I don't believe there is a deep state. There's just the state. The idea that there's a deep state and a shallow state is just a way of uh, rebranding the Democrats. But a state is state. Okay, let's see. Elephant Tusk says, WEF will be dissolved again, but false savior will be Trump. See, I kind of don't buy that. You have to remember that is, even though you may think that the WEF 666 is evil and that Klaus Schwab is basically Darth Vader, even though you've read all of their writings and they think you're a hackable animal and they seem to favor environmentalism as a form of basis for fascism, uh, despite all of that, half the public, half the population love that. You know, half the public love everything that the truthers think is oppressive. So, no, um, I don't think there's going to be any kind of grand spectacle of salvation or cleaning up or draining the swamp at all. I mean, Trump is just a big swamp monster. And his followers, at this point, nothing will sway them away from this. I mean, what, 91? How many, how many uh, indictments? Everything's just piling up. But they see it as oppression. Slings and arrows. Ellison Chain says Patriot Act was 1,776 pages, introduced 77 days after 9-11. Fascinating. Flight 77 hits the Pentagon, which is 77 feet high. Pentagon's construction began 60 years prior to 9-11 to the day. The replacement tower for the twins goes up 1,776 feet. They love their numbers and their codes and their symbols. Tyrone says, Oblivion is actually titled Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, in a way that could be the re a reference to the Terminator line, which ends or shows the division between night and day. But the Terminator character, the James Cameron character, T2, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the um, reference here, of course, is Skynet, the global AI thing that takes over, comes back to wipe out man. But anyway, uh, it's a reoccurring theme, and so the symbol of the edge of, of the edge or the end of the day, night killing day, has been consistently used in a lot of these various movies, alluding to this blackout. And leave the world behind is probably one of the most um, predictive programming heavy films that we've ever seen, and we're watching it unfold, and it's only been out a few months. This is where it's at. It says, they cloned Tyrone movie had embedded messages in that form of a music soundtrack. Yeah, look, okay, they cloned Tyrone. Now, this one's interesting, and it connects to everything in 2023. Uh, Tyree Nichols, 
his death, which was compared to Rodney King, who was whacked with a baton 33 times over the course of 1 minute 19 seconds. Again, 33-119, the name King. Well, this Rodney King-like beating of Tyree Nichols attracted the attention of Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter. And they had his eulogy at Mason Temple, where MLK Jr. gave his final speech before he was killed on 4-4. Uh, but last year was the 55th anniversary of MLK's assassination. And then we have, I'm watching the news, and I see a commercial with Jamie Foxx. And he's got, it's like a glasses commercial, and there's an owl. So I just put it in my notes, Jamie Foxx, commercial, owl. Just I take notes when I watch TV on the various symbols they're throwing out there. And the next story on CNN, Jamie Foxx, 55, dies, resurrected, or had this resuscitation, like died on the movie set for a minute. So I'm like noting, okay, Jamie Foxx, 55, MLK, 55th anniversary. Jamie Foxx stands out as significant for a couple of reasons. The XX in the name, double cross, same meaning as 4-4, the double cross. It's a resurrection symbol. But moreover, Jamie Foxx is associated with the beginning of BLM, uh, Trayvon Martin. And he's also played uh, Django Unchained, which has some fascinating connections to a concurrent psyop with Christopher Dorner fighting systemic racism in the L.A. Police Department. Goes on a shooting spree. He's 33. He gets incinerated in a cabin. And he was compared to Django Unchained by Mark Lamont Hill. He said it's a real-life Django Unchained while he's on the killing spree. My point of it is, Jamie Foxx can be very strongly associated with this BLM and this creation of the Black Christ archetype. Black martyr, Black Christ, that this has been a, that's been building up for some time. So for him to be shown dying and resurrecting, I'm like, wait, 55, again, correlating with MLK, who's been connected to Tyree Nichols. Then I see that when he comes back, people are like, wait, Jamie Foxx has been cloned. They think he's a clone. And he says, no, I'm not a clone. He answers to these rumors. And then they come out with this movie, they cloned Tyrone. Well, then the name Tyrone, Tyrone, Tyree, like Tyree Nichols. Uh, then, of course, uh, Trey, like Trayvon Martin. Uh, the name Tyrone and clone, well, what is a clone? Resurrection. We're seeing the reference to, I believe, the death and resurrection rite involving uh, Hiram of Tyr from the Masonic allegory, just being played again and again in various contexts. So it's just, again, fascinating. They cloned Tyrone. Jamie Foxx's involvement had connections going back to a number of these various. And at the same time, you know, at the same time that Jamie Foxx, 55, was undergoing this thing, you had the death of Carolyn Dunham, the who was 88, uh, she's the one who accused Emmett Till of inappropriate words or something that started the civil rights movement because of his lynching. He was the pretty much like the proto-Trayvon Martin. BLM is just sort of the reboot of that. But anyway, all this stuff is very interesting when you look at how they use these dates. So MLK's 55th anniversary, Donald Trump's being arraigned. Um, that day, 4-4, happens to be you know, Heath Ledger's 44th birthday, and it happens to be in front of a courthouse where Joker 2 is being filmed. I mean, we've, we went over all this stuff last year. I don't want to go too deep into the woods, but 
they cloned Tyrone had that strong element of concurrent programming. Okay, let's see. Someone says, Heath Ledger found hanging under a London bridge suicide, apparently. I hadn't heard that. I heard it was just an overdose. Let me see if I can find any information on that. Heath Ledger hung by noose on film for... Oh, it was for a movie? Dr. Parnassus. And there's a movie called Amsterdam, by the way, where 13 minutes into the film, Taylor Swift gets pushed under a car. Okay, moving on here. Oh, uh, Elephant Tusk says, screw your freedoms. If you're talking about Arnie, you know, he was recently accosted by the TSA and held back, and he's miffed about it. And it's a big deal. It's like, if I get stopped by the TSA because they need to do a deeper grope or whatever, um, no one's going to give me any kind of airtime. I'm not going to be in the news. Oh, this guy was inconvenienced by the TSA. Like, who would care? But Arnold Schwarzenegger, he gets held up by the... TSA, and it's a big deal. He was detained at the Munich airport. Why is this a big deal? It's not. It's like, screw your freedoms. Just happens to be another example here, though, of um, the airlines, the airports being discussed. Don't fly. Okay, this is where it's asked. As Joe Buck says, there's going to be some story. There's going to be something that happens because it's Vegas. It won't stay in Vegas. It's going to be big. Don't know what it is. Right. Well, I want to take bets. Not on who wins. I want to take bets on what they're going to do. Is it going to be an EMP, a blackout? I don't think they're going to do another uh, paddock type event. And look, and look, there's too many real people there. And you have to remember, whatever they do, it's going to be a closed set. That's why I think the Taylor Swift thing makes a lot of sense. Maybe something out there. The whole DEI pilot driving them into the ocean. Which is a terrible idea. I mean, why would they do this? You're going to have so many Taylor Swift Super Bowl parties. It seems like they're creating a tragedy. Uh, Angst G says, why, are, why is Arnold Schwarzenegger going to be the new spokesperson for State Farm? You know, I was looking at that State Farm logo, and it definitely looks like a triple six. It definitely looks like some kind of satanic logo. Uh, here's something interesting. This is some child, maybe, who is this? Some kid says NFL is scripted. This is, again, let me play this clip. And the points they gained there starting Thursday through Sunday. Enough to help. So this is ESPN. He says something that the refs won the game. Oh, this is Peyton's son. It's scripted. Okay. It's scripted. This is coming out more and more. I mean, how often... It seems like everybody's saying it. Now they're trying to clown it. But it's almost like the cat's out of the bag. Do they know? Now they just got to play it off. But just some someone saying on TV, it's scripted. This is where it's asked, is Vegas is going to be a nothing burger? Could be a good game. That is all. Well, um, that's probably true. That's probably likely. I mean, I can understand all this hype being for nothing just to get people to look. 
But there's just so much of this reoccurring theme with Taylor Swift, Doomsday Clock, that it just seems like it's a perfect setup. And the connection between the Blackout Bowl and the Death Star, I'm looking at this as, nah, there's got to be something more to it. And I don't hope, I don't have doom hope. I don't want Vegas to get nuked. So if you live there, you know, I'm not hoping that's what happens, but... Okay, so we're looking deeper into the Taylor Swift PSYOP, and I don't think we're looking too deep into it. I think we're just following the story as it's unfolding. Let's see what else we have here. Oh, David Icke's going to be on Alex Jones on Friday to talk about Elon Musk. It might be interesting because there's been some beef there between the two. Uh, Russian high school students are being trained on how to protect themselves in a possible nuclear war as part of the national curriculum. Students will learn about the damaging effects of weapons of mass destruction and how to protect against them. This will be rolled out in high schools. Fundamentals and Security and Defense of the Motherland. So instead of duck and cover because of the bowl cut shooter, they're doing duck and cover for the mushroom clouds. Same thing. Get under your desk. Like, that's really all you can do. It's fake anyway. Just check your Instagram. Let's see. Yes, Alex Jones says, I look forward to having a talk about the future of humanity and Elon Musk this Friday with David Icke. I will simulcast. Well, I've been saying, David Icke has been calling out Musk for his allegiance to the WEF. I mean, look, Musk... And Klaus Schwab are the same person in terms of their overall belief system. Like, Musk is not against the grain. He's totally green. Outer space program, which is space communism, always has been. But one thing David Icke won't do is he won't criticize anything above the Carmen line. He may say everything's fake, it's all a sim, maybe it's a matrix, but he won't dare say space travel's fake and NASA lies. They're not allowed to say that. And vote all you want, the secret government won't change. That's actually a headline from the Boston Globe back in 2014. I don't think they could post something like this today. Vote all you want, the secret government won't change. He was being facetious there, but you know I'm being literal about it. Okay, we've discussed uh, Taylor Swift's outfit at the Grammys. Like that's where we are right now. You know we're cutting edge, cutting fringe. MSM, you know, media, and even alt-media, deconstruction breakdown from an off-world stage perspective, trying to incorporate a, a heightened level of objectivity. And it, we find ourselves here analyzing a dress worn by Kate Middleton and how it might have been influenced by Taylor Swift. But we're just going where the investigation, where the information leads us. Here's an interesting piece from... TheInquirer.com, America's white male meltdown starts with Taylor Swift and ends with Justin Moan. Now, there's been some talk about dangerous conspiracy theories and how people like Justin Moan are an existential threat to people who are, you know, not conspiracy theorists. And then you have the stalker of Taylor Swift's story. So she's being stalked. They're following her plane. So there's something building up here. And then you have Maga saying they're going to have to punish her if she 
endorses Biden. So I've just been pointing out that it seems like she's got crosshairs on her at this point, and we know who's at the other end of that. It's got to be one of these MAGAs, some guy like Justin Moan, who I would contend don't actually exist, but they exist on the world stage. So it says, what is new is the broadband multiverse of voices bombarding this young man, not the voices in his head, but the pyramid of paranoia that starts with penny-seeking bottom feeders on social media, I guess that'd be me, and ends with the bloviation of national broadcasters who should know better. And that would be more established and successful types like the Alex Joneses. Anybody who's part of the conspiracy theory ecosystem is therefore responsible. It says here, in the end, the person who bears full responsibility for killing Michael Moan is his son. But the people who stood behind Justin Moan, whispering all kinds of nonsense for clicks or whatever they need to prop up their mediocrity, are splattered with blood. There you have it. You're covered in blood. This is your fault. Your fault because he's uh, been radicalized against open borders, etc. They've tried this a few times, and it tends to work, though. Guilt by association. Elephant Tusk says, Tim, the cabal, loves to put out disinfo psyops to have groups like IPS chasing their own tail. I would disagree. I Actually, I disagree 100%. One, I don't believe there's a cabal. And two, the only people chasing their tail are the red pillars, the Alex Joneses, the people who follow, oh, you got to watch out for the military-age men, the anti-vaxxers. Uh, I'm sorry, but if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're chasing a red herring. If you are a false flagger, a chemtrail believer... Uh, no, those are the ones, or you believe in geoengineering, an alternate form of chemtrails. Those are the ones chasing their own tails. By sharp distinction, the IPS is the only group that has consistently moved in a directly, I think, straight trajectory uh, away from every MSM conclusion. We've, we've, we've remained objective, and we've kept on moving past all of their various guardrails and gate-kept you know, little... Uh, alt-media enclaves. So, no, actually, we haven't chased our own tail. I can't find any example of that. If anything, we've just gotten better at decoding, deconstructing, and not only that, but predicting things. And this is a predictive model. So, no, I don't think we've chased our own tail. Um, if anything, we've formulated a very, I think, well-articulated methodology for approaching mainstream media, breaking it down between the MSM and the MSM+. Plus versus the MSM minus. There is no framework like that in media or among truthers. So again, no, we're not chasing our tails. If anything, they're responding to us. They're doing damage control because of what we are shining lights on here. And anybody who says the cabal, you, are, you automatically categorize yourself because um, you're using one of their terms. Like, who's the cabal? You know, these these are uh, straw men, and we don't even know. All we have are indications of this structure built on stratifying or limiting, compartmentalizing knowledge according to some kind of uh, system that places knowers above believers, and believers are lost in a world of darkness by design. I mean, we do live in something of a dark age in that sense. This is where it's at. It says, BET Network puts on the Super Bowl halftime show now. 
didn't know that. The last halftime show, you had the, sh the song by Eminem performed called One Shot. And then he kneeled. And some said his kneeling might have had something to do with uh, Kaepernick. If you remember, uh, he kneeled after their little performance. Um, the song was called Lose Yourself, but it, the one shot reference I thought was kind of interesting. Eminem takes a knee during epic Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, it was called One Shot. Or whatever it's called. It, that's the main thing I was thinking. What is the meaning here? Okay, continuing. Uh, Michelle Castor says, Taylor's album Red is about her relationship and breakup with Jake Gyllenhaal, a.k.a. Donnie Darko. Fascinating. Fascinating, for a few reasons here. Uh, because the Donnie Darko connection to the recent movie, and Donnie Darko being Donald Trump, and how Taylor Swift was the darling Aryan princess of the 4chan incel MAGA-worshipping right, and now she's turned her back on them. She broke up with them. So there's something there. She basically broke up with Donald Trump from, from their perspective. She no longer worships their emperor god-king. Got a comment from Safe777 says, of Taylor Swift, she is absolutely some sort of grand high priestess Lilith, Satan's concentrated female energy incarnate. Blatantly obvious psyop. Everything about her is contrived and fake to give the impression she's a good person, relatable, honest, humble, still has a soul, etc. Also extremely likely to be male either this way or it's Lucifer incarnate. Okay, so Safe777 thinks she might literally be Lucifer. We mentioned how Taylor Swift, or rather Taylor, is mentioned in the movie Leave the World Behind, dropping a pin, where'd she go? Look at the picture, it looks like Taylor Swift. Nothing in that movie is accidental. We learn that the quarterback, Brock Purdy, number 13 of the 49ers, looks exactly like Lee Harvey Oswald, according to the evolving story. So Lee Harvey Oswald has now entered the scene. Uh, Lean Dion posted this, a movie called The Parallax View, released on Trump's birthday. The plot involves the assassination of a presidential candidate atop the Seattle Space Needle. Wow. 1974, starring Warren Beatty. Atop the Space Needle, the apparent shooter, a waiter, is chased to his death while the actual killer, disguised as a waiter, vanishes into the chaos. And released on Donald Trump's birthday. No coincidences there. Michael Letts posted this today. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz tweets a picture of himself with a black eye patch. Happens to have been born on Trump's birthday. Michael says, Fake right eye wound in honor of his King Abaddon Trump. After the Trump event when he returns, he'll be wearing an eye patch. So according to the predictive programming analysis of Michael Letts and many others, Trump is going to be wounded, and he's going to show up with an eye patch, looking like the Terminator. I'll be back. Looking like um, even Rocky here. Rocky has been brought up recently because of that actor who died, but uh, there's this image in Rocky where one of his eyes is busted up. And if you remember, Trump was inexplicably uh, sharing images of himself on Rocky Balboa's body. And that's a very, you know, popular meme. It's like, wait, why is Trump 
being put on Rocky. And you might think this is just a meme, but no, this is actually probably meme metascripting. Trump posted a picture of himself as Rocky. Nobody knows why. Um, well, no, we don't know because, you know, we think everything's just coincidence and random. But no, this is, again, this bizarre tweet prompted jokes. Trump posted a picture of himself as Rocky. No one knows what to make of it. Yeah, this is likely a connection to something else. This, this what, what do we call it? A, the Christ typology, which is a Joseph Atwill term. But it's where they're imposing characteristics over someone over time on the world stage to convey this story, this world stage character's life story. Dewis and Paris's Black Eye Club conspiracy, those were the good old days. Yeah, that could all be a reference, you know, the Black Eye Club. I mean, who was doing the punching? Who's going to do the punching now that the Queen's dead? I kind of assumed it was her. She's the only one in the club without the black eye. But that could all be, you know, they're in Club Antichrist, ready to worship the the um, Trump resurrection tour when he comes back from what's supposed to be a death wound. And this ties in also to Biff Tannen, Back to the Future, Hiram Abiff, Biff Tannen, the scripted death and resurrection. It, it's also deeply um, a part of the QAnon lore, where Trump is actually the, the beast from Revelation 13.1. And he's always saying the best is yet to come, and they say, oh, that's all code for the beast is yet to come, because he's the beast. So you literally have the QAnoners waiting to worship the Antichrist. Like, that's where we are right now. That is literally true, that the QAnon movement is at that point where they are ready to worship Trump. And nothing will sway them from it. And you can't deny all the Christ typology, especially with the, the Holy Week. But there's even more voluminous content pointing at him being the Antichrist. So what, what is it? Can you be both? Can you be both the, uh, a Christ and an Antichrist? What's more likely? And if you look at the, if you look at the story, the biblical lore of it all, it's someone who you know has so much sway over people that they literally uh, worship the guy, and, and I think Trump actually meets that. In fact, I think they were just baptizing people to Donald Trump at the border just a few days ago. Anyway, we will be back uh, tomorrow. This is Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms auto hoax. We'll have time for calls tomorrow. I'm working on artwork. We have a slight legal update. I was on the phone this morning with Google's legal team and they're going to do the standard thing. Motion to dismiss based on whatever and I already have my drafted response. I don't think it's an issue. In fact, it won't be. Uh, I know the process. But it was a productive call. They, they, uh, it's because of the civil code there. They have to tell you what they're going to file in this um, motion before they do. So they kind of had to show me their hand which means I have an extra week and a half to prepare an amended complaint because these are just where they try to shoot you down on technicalities but um, assuming there's no issues along those lines the case itself has merit so I'm not even slightly worried in fact I, I think the phone call went very well and we're gonna have some progress with that um, making another attempt at serving Goldfinch at the office space where his uh, 501c3 is at so anyway 
appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for joining. I put a link below if you want to sign up for the newsletter and the archives. And we'll definitely take calls tomorrow as this Taylor Swift PSYOP. And again, despite what the Pentagon says, it's a PSYOP. And we're going to follow it through and see if it ends up in a nothing burger or with some kind of national or global tragedy. But either way, it's a hoax. Dream.